And here we are. It's us. It's Tony and Dennis. This is the Comedy Couch with Tony Tripoli and Dennis Tensley. God, oh God, I couldn't even get it through the first yeah, thing. You are old. I am you old can't and even... crickety. Wow, that's right like... on. So yeah, I'm old and crickety. I didn't think you were going to get your nut there for a I, second. I, please, Mr. won't be the first time. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's so I know. upsetting. So much has happened, and yet nothing has nothing happened. Nothing to talk about at all. Because we were both thinking, I have a naked post-it with not a lot work. of shit on it. Just work. You work like a dog. I really, am I Jamaican now? What is, is it? With... Is it just killing you? Um, No, because I just haven't been, I haven't really seen anyone or done anything. So, like, it's really just been, like, working. But what's upsetting is I just, I can't get to the gym you know what i mean like the days are too long and i like yeah, yeah, then yeah. when i'm not working i have to get sleep because right. if i don't get my eight hours yeah my brain just doesn't work so it's like i know that i have to protect getting enough sleep yes and then something's got to give and so i haven't been going to go to the gym and i've gained six pounds in six weeks and that's, gain, that's like a program, gain a pound a week. I know, it's really upsetting because I had two doctor's appointments. I had one this week and then one six weeks ago um, uh, because they thought I had cancer. Turns what? out I don't. Turns out I don't. Tony, so what's going fun. on? My liver numbers were weird. Oh. And so the doctor was like, well, you probably don't have a tumor in your liver, but we should do this scan. And, and so where I are to... we? Are we out of the woods? Yeah, are we yeah, out yeah. of the water? So now I've done the ultrasound yeah. where they go in and like let you hear the baby's heartbeat and see if it has Shit. a penis and stuff. Um, only it's your liver. And my liver is totally fine. It just, they don't understand why these liver numbers are the way they are, but it's, you know. So now, now they think it could be maybe a lupus thing or wow. a hepatitis. Are you having symptoms or was it just tests No, it's back? just that my liver functions are, my liver is like revving way too high basically. Right. Um, so it's as if I had cirrhosis of the liver or something and it was oh like part of it was dying so the good part is working too much or something. But um, yet, I, you know, I like barely drink and it's there's nothing like that. Um, wouldn't the irony be if I was getting my mother's cirrhosis vicariously but my mother was drinking osmosis? so much that my liver her liver is just fine it just skips a generation yeah shit um but whatever it's i mean that it's would... really nothing it's fine it's you know they're just ruling stuff out at this point but i know yeah. it's it ain't nothing but you don't feel anything there's no uh ah, all right i'm not going anywhere folks well i went to the chiropractor today i have a little tingling down my left arm it's very subtle but you know so you i had... dr hall I didn't go to Dr. Hall. I went to somebody that Jalen recommended because uh, he made it sound cool. And it's a different kind of chiropractics. They do. A... Is it the kind where you pay $80 and then it feels worse? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like they put a thing on your back. They don't do adjustments where they go whack. Well, whack. see, that's why you're there. Right. But we, they we're do... a different kind of airplane where we don't go in yeah. the air and we just drive you there. But it's all done with a machine and you see the there he does this thing it goes down your back and then you look on the computer and you could see where there's problems and you see you're bullshit okay. is what you see well i don't know we're biorhythms well did you walk out of there feeling better yes so we'll see was it because you refuse to see the bad in the world and you were being pollyanna and you were like well yeah, no here's better. the thing if my tingling goes away then it'll then it worked but well did it go away or not uh not yet well then it didn't work dennis okay that's what. That's how that is. But the tingling only comes and goes. So okay. Yeah, it needs to be going. The good news is this is closer than La Crescenta or wherever. But the that's fuck not that good is. news. The reason it's worth driving almost an hour to get to Doctor <laughs> Hall is because he goes crackety crack, and you're done, and you don't hurt anymore. Yeah. There's none of this. You have to come four times a week. Yeah. There's no join my chiropractic club, my flat yeah. rate, and you come. There's none of that. Yeah. It's not. It's a lifestyle. You have to work chiropractic into your life. No, I don't. Right. What I want is my back hurts now, and then I want you to make it not hurt, and then we give you money for that. And then you send, I send you on, yeah. All right, I was just taking And then you send me a Christmas new. card with your four hot sons. Does he have four hot sons? Remember Dr. Hall? Yeah. He always sends that Christmas card, and it's like his attractive yeah. sons. I could see that, for sure. He's mm -hmm. kind of attractive, He's in a way. He's attractive. Right on. So I may end up back with him. It may not be anything, but I, you know, whatever. 
Um, I, I we're really opening strong. I know we're, we're opening, opening strong with, with our ailments. I, I may have liver cancer, Let's, but I don't. And I you think might you have should a... tell the Snooki story then. Let's get them right. Well, Let's get them back thing. in. Snooki's a little fucking bitch. And, and that's, <laughs> little is right because she's, she's so teensy, tiny. Although she's bitchy enough for a tall woman. Yeah. But Snooki was a guest on Fashion Police, the Halloween episode. And you know, I was so excited about it. I was yes. so excited about it, and I really thought. Okay, she'll be game, and she won't have that, well, I need to protect my brand kind of nonsense. Because right. we get a lot of that on the dish. We get a right. lot of these very low-level yeah. people that think they're celebrities. Right on. And then they have all of these like needs and demands, and I won't do this. And I love when we had Antonio Sabato Jr., and he was like, okay, but don't ask me to take my shirt off. Yeah. Well, that's why we asked you to come on the show. Yeah, that's why you're on Earth. Yes! Like, that's who you are. Yeah. Like. You know, the situation, say what you want. I love him. I love him. He fucking pulls that shirt up every time before you've even got to the end of the sentence. Hey, would you mind? Boom. There it is. And somebody that works on Fashion Police has friends on Dance with the Stars, and everyone said he was a dream. Yes. That he was nice and tried really hard. little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we were all hoping for the best for Snooki, and then, you know, she had canceled – we talked about this that she canceled, so, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then Joan got a chance to do a lot of press about Snooki canceling. She got calls in the twenty four hours after Snooki canceled. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Life and Style, Us, People, um, Entertainment Tonight, and Access Hollywood all found out about it and all wow. wanted. They all wanted to talk to Joan. Right. Plus, she was already doing. Jimmy Fallon and The View. Yeah. The next couple of days. So yeah. she was like, we're going to get so much more press out of Snooki canceling than we would have from her doing the show. This is yeah. the best. And, you know, Joan is a little old school in the sense that she doesn't think of reality stars as, you know, uh, when you've done one TV show that's yeah. maybe in its second season. Right on. And. It's not like you had to learn lines and hit a mark yeah. and there's an element of craft to it. Right. That's not the same thing to her as, you know, now we've got this guest star that's Meryl Streep. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so, but, you know, because we're at E, everything is young, young, young. And so yeah. that's one of the things that ruffles Joan's feathers a little bit is when right. they act like getting Snooky is this huge coup. Right. Like it's That we're all Roberts. supposed to, exactly. But, you know, that's how it is. And she gets that it's a business. So when Snooki canceled, I think a part of Joan was kind of relieved. Yeah. Anyway, and this is great. And then the network says, well, we don't want you to do any of that press about Snooki canceling because we want to get Snooki back. And they massaged the situation however they did, and they got Snooki back. But Snooki wasn't going to wear – the gag was that Joan was going to be dressed as Snooki, and then Snooki comes out in the same outfit. So no, Snooki's not going to dress up like anything and all this stuff. So it's literally – Last Wednesday night, and we're taping our Halloween extravaganza Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Yeah. And at 8 o'clock Wednesday night, I was like, so what are Joan and Snooki wearing? And it was like, well, they're going to – Joan's going to be dressed like Snooki. Yeah, but what's Snooki wearing? Well, I don't know. She's just going to dress like Snooki. I know, but if Joan doesn't – if we don't know exactly what she's wearing, then Joan won't look like that. No, Joan's going to look like Snooki. And I was like, oh, my God, you people. It has to be two of the same dress. They were just – I don't know what the plan. There was no plan. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the way things get run on these shows, it's surprise. But anyway, so basically, we sent a you know someone out to Forever Twenty One at nine o'clock on Wednesday night to get a Joan size dress and a Snooki size dress of a couple of options. And so then when Snooki arrives, Joan and I go to meet her, and the plan was Joan thought, let me go in and grandmother her. Yeah. And see if I can talk her into putting on the Snooky outfit that right. I'm going to be wearing so we'll match so that this fucking joke will land. Yeah. Mind you, at this point, Joan doesn't even want to wear a costume anymore. It's all yeah. become this big clusterfuck. And meanwhile, Kelly Osborne has this like custom made per- perfect costume to be Coco. It's exactly right. And uh, Juliana's Rachel Zoe costume is like spot on and George's Justin Bieber. And now Joan is like, oh, you're scrambling to get me a costume at nine o'clock the night before, you know? So it was really not going great. And we go to meet Snooki and we walk in and of course Snooki reeks of alcohol. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Right. And it's not, 
I know this from my family. This is not, oh, I can smell booze from last night on you. This is, you've already started the day off with a cold one. Well, she, they sent the PAs out for a 12-pack. Yes. Yeah. Right. So At like 7, 8 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was drinking and then yeah. continued to drink more while she was there in our possession. So anyway, so Jonah's like, <laughs> walks in and goes, darling, I'm so glad you're here. Let me give you a piece of advice. Don't ever sign away power of attorney. Now, at first I wanted to believe it was because it was 7 a.m. that Sl Snooki was slow to react. Right. But no, I don't think she knows what power of attorney is. She don't know shit. I don't think Christmas. she knows who Joan Rivers is. Yeah. I don't think any, not zero. Nothing registers with that yeah. girl. That light bulb don't come on. You know how they say the <laughs> lights are on but no one's home? Yeah. The lights have burned out. <laughs> the lights aren't on. No one's and home. No home. And the lights. And the, the house been, has been foreclosed on. It's been vandalized. <laughs> it's an abandoned house. There's some. There's a gay feral guys blow cat each other living underneath there. it. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And so, and so, and the house. <laughs> let me tell you up close. The house is in disrepair. <laughs> let me just say that also. Needs some new aluminum <laughs> siding. But um, so Joan tries to be fun with Snooky. Snooky's not having it, and I go over and I really gay it up. And I'm like, I know, Snooky, the last thing you need is one more gay guy to be in love with you. But this is so exciting. And I'm so glad that you're here to play with us today, Snooky. And she shoots me a dirty look and goes, um, Nicole, let me tell you something. My first and second sphincters clenched. Shut right at that. down. Oh, my God. Shooky, Snooky fucking put the shutdown on Tony Tripoli <laughs> at 10 minutes after seven in the AM right on. And she was half in the bag at the time. Yeah. Shut me down. And so I'm like, well, fuck Snooki. So now Joan is like, not going to ask her to put on the outfit. So now yeah. it's on me. So I'm like, you know, Joan is 77 and we're putting her in this outfit and here's the wig. And I'm showing this giant poof wig and yeah, would you dress like, you know, it's going to be so funny. And it really shows that you are in on the joke because if you just show up wearing something else, some people might think that you like, you don't like Joan Rivers and everybody loves Joan. She's like everyone's favorite crazy aunt that says these things. And she's yeah. like, no, I love Joan. She's a, she's a fucking wonderful. I love her. And I was like, yeah, so we need you to be dressed. And she was like, okay, I'll put on the dress, but I don't wear my hair in the poof anymore. I wear my hair slick. She's like, Nicole wears her hair slick and Snooky does the poof. And I was thinking, yeah, but we booked Snooky, bitch. Yeah. We're buying beer for Snooky. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicole. I know, cricket, cricket. <laughs> and so she wouldn't even come out. She wouldn't know. Oh, that's me? Like, yeah, she wouldn't no. know. Okay. And so anyway, so I'm like, um, I know I don't have any favors to call him with you, but would you please, here's the wig and see how big it is. And if you don't have a poof, then Joan's going to look like it's going to be bad and I might lose my job. So if you could do me a favor and just put a clip in and just have like a poof just for your entrance, then I promise we'll go to commercial. We'll stop tape. You can have as much time in hair and makeup, resetting your hair, however you want. And so that was the deal I made with her and she went along with it. So maybe she's not as big an asshole. Right on. She was reasonable, but she fucking made this faggot sweat it out. <laughs> very, very uh, early in the morning. You got the poof to happen. Did she end up pulling it down for the segment? No, she left yeah, the poof up the, whole time. the whole time. Basically, she's such a fucking idiot. Yeah, she probably forgot. That once she got out there and realized, oh, I'm coming off. Great. Really looking good by doing what they've asked me to do. Yeah. I can actually trust these people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. So then she really delivered. On camera, she was great. Yeah. The she show spoke came together great. almost in sentences. Yeah. She almost had a point, but my favorite moment was they, um, one of the producers came and said, uh, Tony, we need a promo for the holiday special because Joan had done this interview with Snooki while she was dressed as Joan that we're going to play at the end of the year in our yeah. end of the year special. So can we get a promo for it with her and Snooki together? So can you think of something? So I just out of my ass, I pulled, hey, everybody, I'm Joan Rivers. Make sure you watch the Fashion Police Holiday Year End Special. And look who's sitting here with me, my illegitimate daughter from my one night affair with Frank Sinatra, Snooki. And I'm saying that. I go, like, Joan, is that good? And Joan laughs and goes, yeah, that's fine. And Snooki goes, wait, wait, make it Robert De Niro. And I look at Joan, and Joan nods her head, and I go, fine, Robert De Niro. So yeah. they type it, and they put it in prompter. And it's not five seconds later that it's, okay, Joan, action. And Joan looks on the camera and goes, hi, I'm Joan Rivers. Watch our year-end special, and look who's here. My illegitimate daughter from my one-night stand with Robert De Niro, Snooky. And Snooky goes, wait, what's illegitimate mean to me? So 
they act like they've stopped tape, but of course they really keep it rolling. Yeah. And apparently we have all of this. Oh, amazing. And so Snooki says to me, wait, what's illegitimate mean? And I go, oh, no, it's not bad. It's not an insult on you. It just means that when Joan had sex with Robert De Niro, they weren't married. So, you know, your parents were married. And Snooki turns to Joan and goes, you had sex with Robert De Niro? (laughs) (laughs) That is is a very special kind of moment. Yeah. And I look at Joan like. That Wait just a minute. Happen. Because Snooki, you're the one that just changed it from Frank Sinatra to Robert De Niro. Yeah. And now, in your own f- ten seconds later, you don't even know that it's not real. You think it's like she was so fucking stupid. Yeah. Joan later in the show said when when Snooki goes, "Bitch, you're stealing my look," and she goes, "It's not stealing. It's an homage." And Snooki goes, "I don't know what that word means." And Joan goes, "Ugh, look it up later." Yeah. And really. Your original line was, well, that's it, okay, sweetie, you can look it up, like, really yeah. nice. And Joan goes, ugh, look it up later. Like, so annoyed. Well, when I wrote that promo, it had to be really short. Yeah. And I didn't want to do anything that would offend Snooki, so I don't have Joan saying. Or Nicole. Saying, or, Nicole or Nicole, for that matter. Or her father, Robert De Niro. Nicole's the one you got to worry about. <laughs> so I just have Joan saying, it's not a stealing, it's a homage. And that would be the end of it, cause seven seconds would be up. So I didn't. So Snooki said that I didn't know that, and Joan, yeah. So it ended up being funny. So but. we ended up getting a lot of good stuff, but it was all behind Nicole's back. <laughs> yes. we had to get Snooki to do this stuff without yes. Nicole knowing. And it I guess was a the, big, we just got Nicole drunk. We got now Nicole that I look back on it, that's bit. all we did. We just got Nicole that's good and all drunk. You gotta do. And then Snooki was up for anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy. So that is a good story. Now that yeah, that's good. That should go in your act. Well, Definitely about illegitimate. That's a good story. Oh, yeah, story. I have a lot. There's so – it's amazing when you – look, I, I this is what I said uh, to Carrie Jones Dresser. I said, when you're the gay standing next to the star woman, yeah, it's a very interesting vantage point. And obviously, you know, we had a lot of that with Kathy Griffin back in the day, but – Kathy, there's a there's a reverence that people seem to have for Joan mm-hmm. because of her age and because she, you know she is in fact a legend. Yeah, and so, but it is so amazing to just be in the world standing next to Joan because it's that thing again where you're invisible because you're not the star. Right. So no one gives a fucking good goddamn about you. You could be on fire and no one people would still be like, look, yeah. there's Joan Rivers. Right. And but it's really yeah, it's pretty awesome. Good. It's weird. And there are moments where it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I'm you're sure. seeing stuff and it's like, don't you guys know I'm here? <laughs> like, yeah. you're doing this in front of me. Yeah. But um, but she's dynamite. I mean, I just think she's great. So. I love it. So when you do your act next in the end of this month, are you going to change very much? Or? I'm not really sure yet. I have a yeah. lot of stuff that I could talk about that would really be great. But until I have a confirmation on what date I'm opening for Joan, I yeah. don't want to risk – Anything getting retold to her wrong and her thinking, did you say something? Like, I just, you know, I feel like I need to just really play it safe and not, you know. um, But yet then I also know that I won't do that. I won't follow through. Um, but the show is the 19th, 20th, and 21st. At Casita del Campo. Casita del Campo. Cabin Club Theater. You can get tickets on Brown Bag Tickets. Just type in, I shit my pants. Yes. On Brown Bag. uh, It makes sense. Tony yeah, um, um, I, you can also find the link on my Facebook page, Tony Tripoli Comedy or Tony Tripoli, um, or at the Cavern Club Theater dot com. Right on website. So there's a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I had dinner again with Alan Downs, writer of The Velvet Rage. Velvet Rage. Uh, and when I first met him in the summer, I think he was in a relationship, and now I think there may be some trouble in paradise. I don't know the whole scoop, but I'm exploring that. But it for sure involves rage. Yeah, it involves lots of rage. I got to figure that out. So there's some the there's something is afoot. Who's more more rageful? So and do you feel an attraction? Towards yes, him? I think he's very attractive. That's great. He's very handsome. He's very a good listener. But here's what I wanted to share with you, which is interesting. What he does apart from writing books and doing his own practice, you, people could go to him if they wanted to, is he does psychological counseling for reality shows. So he's the people when yeah. the big brothers come off. Yeah. And he does top model. Yeah. So he screens the girls before they go on top model. 
and they go through like a four or five hour like written test. Yeah. And they can tell certain things based on, it's a very well established psychological test where they can tell if based on this answer about cheese right. and this answer that means together that might mean a little bit of psychosis or whatever sure. like it's a very well established test. And uh yeah, so he goes through and does all those girls. So he can determine what percentage is acting for the camera and what percentage is organic. I think you, yeah, I think this is disorders a, yeah. and temper. I think and... this is somebody to worry about. Wow. Yeah, for sure. That's a really fascinating book. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he really likes it because they're the kind of people that would never seek therapy. So as a psychologist, it's like, wow, I get to deal with all these different kinds of people. Right. Than truly, somebody. truly damaged. <laughs> exactly. Then uh, 35-year-old gays who are like, I don't know what's happening. Right. I gained six pounds in six weeks. (laughs) Wow. But, uh, yeah. So, and I asked him about Tyra, and he didn't really talk very much, but I I don't know. She's not taking that test, let's be honest. I I got the feeling. I don't know. He didn't say anything about her, but I just got a feeling that they didn't always see eye to eye or whatever. But, Hmm. uh, But he likes doing that kind of work. That's interesting, right? But, uh and saying saying this one is just crazy enough. This is a good kind of crazy. Wow, yeah. Yeah. It's a good kind of crazy. But uh Um okay. Ricky Martin, I love him. He's out and proud. I love him. And he's talking to anyone who will listen. He God, talked would, to the Oprah. I wonder he, if he's going to be on the cover of the Advocate. He talked to Sean Robinson over at the Access Hollywood. She asked he, the questions. He was on uh Ryan Seacrest. <clears throat> Today on the radio, and they said, I love you. I love you too, man. Talk to you later at the end of the interview. Yeah. And Ryan is so, so in love with him in a really straight way. But Ryan did this weird thing at the end of the interview where he's like, well, I know. He's like, something happens when Oprah puts you in that yellow chair, and you just say all this stuff that the you don't think chair. you're going to say and all this. And, and, um, and then Ricky said some bullshit about his spiritual path journey, some nonsense. And um, and then Ryan goes, but, you know, everyone's waiting for me to have my big time with Oprah in the yellow chair where I do my big coming out. But, you know, I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. You know, I'm straight. And Ricky Martin just goes, well, OK, man. And <laughs> yeah, he shut him down in such a way like we don't really want you, Ryan. Well, we like, don't even care. Like, who cares? But it wasn't the, what I read into it. Wasn't that Ricky was like, okay, we all know you're gay if you say so. It wasn't that. It was kind of like, okay, if you all think you think gay yeah. guys want you, yeah. Like his subtext would be, if only you would be so much more interesting if you were gay. You're not even interesting enough to have a dark secret. <laughs> it's just so funny that I think that Ryan Seacrest ranks substantially higher in terms of his sex appeal in the straight world than he does in the gay world. I guess so. He just seems like a workhorse. Like, he doesn't seem like... He seems sort of asexual. Like, he doesn't ever have... Like, Neil Patrick Harris is hotter gay than he is straight. Yes. He can land a much hotter gay guy than he could a straight woman were he straight. Could be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Based on... A, if you have, to, you have to take, I guess, finances out of the equation. Because yeah. Ryan Seacrest is so fucking rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, it's just interesting in terms of, like, that food chain or whatever, like how someone rates. But I think that Ryan Seacrest is a way hotter straight guy than he is gay. Like him turning gay. And I know he's not gay. I know he is in fact straight, but I'm saying if he were to like come out of the closet, yeah, it would only be, well, now you're, well, he cheese it. He'd cheese it up. Yeah. It's cheese. The thought of it's cheesy. Yeah. But uh, Ricky Martin told Oprah he was single but then he says to Sean, to Sean Robinson, Robinson that he's in a relationship with someone Maybe who loves his children, new. and that's the most important thing. Maybe it's brand new. Not Maybe since did... Tuesday. When did he do Oprah? Because sometimes they bank those. Yeah, but it wasn't that. I mean, it's recent. I know. But this last season of Oprah. She's bringing it down. She reunited Betty White and Mary Tyler Moore. Um, for the, they hadn't been, I guess, on stage together in like 30 years or something. Really? Or it seems like they know. were at some of those damn reunions together. And... Um, my fantasy is that they just kept saying, who's that lady? Um, about Betty White or about Mary Tyler Moore? About each other. Yeah. That they both kept leaning into Oprah and being like, who's, who's that lady? That? Yeah, they can't I would love that they're both just old and senile and yeah. don't know who fucking anybody is. <laughs> and they think Oprah is like the help. You know, like yeah. she's like the PA. Who's that lady? Do you think with Joan, just because she, she goes and goes and goes and goes, that 
that that's what keeps her so young and sharp and do you know what I mean? Like if she, she slowed down for two minutes, she um, it would catch up with her. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know because she said something when we do our writers. We have our like little first write through, yes. and then the full staff joins. Right. In the first meeting, we do it on the floor of this bedroom downstairs, mm-hmm. and Joan is like, "Let's just sit on the floor. It's just better on the floor." And we all sit on the fucking floor. And, you know, Joan's there on the goddamn floor. Right. And, you know, you. I always say when I stand up first, I always offer her a hand and she's like, I can do it. And she gets up off the floor, leans on the bed, stands up. And the other day she said, she goes, you know, there's a lot of stuff that pisses me off, but I'm 77 years old. I've got a job and nothing hurts. I've got a, you know, a daughter I love and I've got the greatest grandson in the world. So I guess I shouldn't bitch so much. That's sweet. And I said, please don't stop bitching. And she goes, don't worry. It would never happen. But (laughs) it was really like this sort of sweet moment. Yeah. But she said, nothing hurts. Nothing hurts. You know, which is kind of a miracle. Yeah. Because here I have a liver tumor and you've got a numb, tingly arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's 77 and nothing hurts. So, yeah, I do think motion is the lotion. Motion is the lotion. I love it. But And she, I mean, it is amazing to watch her mind work. Yeah. Because... When she gets all fired up, she is so fast, and she really will ad-lib hilarious things and stuff. And when she's tired and not into it, then those are the moments where you go, oh, that's right. She's not, you know, my age. Yeah. Like, she gets tired and she gets confused but when things aren't the way we plan them to be. Like, there are certain moments, and it's, yeah, I don't think it's her age as much as it is when she gets frustrated with the process. Yeah. But I can see that. But I mean, just the pace of traveling and flying in different places. She's never, when we do a show, she's never not left town that week before, right? She's never been in town for two shows in a row. She's never been in LA for more than two consecutive days since we started. (sighs) And she gets in the day before. Usually she arrives on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And we start when she gets to the house with the writer's pre thing. Then you guys all come. Yeah. Then. Usually she flies in Monday and lands around three or four or five. Yeah. And then leaves Thursday, two or three in the afternoon. So that's barely 24 hours. Yeah. If they're doing, when they were doing the reality show, she would be here for a day before. Yeah. Taping. Right on. For the reality show. Well, the last time we had the little joke meeting over there, I told her that I had interviewed Armistead Maupin, which I think I talked about last time on the podcast. But that he had told me the story that he had interviewed her and banged her hairdresser yeah. back in uh, the Now, that's early not Miss Phyllis. Well, Phyllis I guess Miss Phyllis, else. I asked Joan, I said, because Armistead said it was Miss Phyllis. And I think Joan uses Miss Phyllis as a catch-all for all her gay hairdressers. Well, wow. he was one of the Miss Phyllis. Oh, okay. He was a Miss Phyllis. And I can't remember his name. It was like Jason or something. She talked about him a lot. Yeah. But anyway, when, when I told her that story, she started talking about this guy um, and you know, I told her that Armistead had this blue thing on his wallet and that the hairdresser thought that meant that Armistead was going to get fucked and that wasn't happening and it wasn't right. on the menu and it was, you know, very funny, but she talked about how, uh, this hairdresser banged everyone that moved everyone. And that the second that AIDS sort of people started knowing about it, he was like, I'm, that's it. I'm yeah. done for. And he was. And she was there for him when he was dying. And oh, yeah. Brought, she loved him, loved him, loved him. And brought, like, stuff in the, to make the room smell good because he lost his sight. Tuberoses. Yeah. She, what are those? Tuberoses? Tuberoses, which she know. thinks is the ugliest flower, but they do have a really strong, yeah. very sweet smell. I love tuberoses. But, um, but yeah, she would bring, when he lost his vision, she would bring him tuberoses because he loved that smell. And she said it was the most horrible death she'd ever witnessed. Yeah. And that he had a huge dick. Well, that he said he had a huge dick. Did you hear this part? Yes, yes. And then he po- like that was the legend. The buzz was that he had but a huge. Everyone, dog. yeah. And that that you know when they would say, "Oh, you get all the guys," he's like, "Well, I can't really take all the credit because I have a huge dick." And then he did some Men of Vegas calendar or, or magazine Playgirl. thing, Playgirl, and he's laying on this marble table. Yeah. And Joan looked at it and held it up to him and said, "Hello." <laughs> Where's this? Where's, where's this, this monster dick? cock? Yeah, and he said, "Well, the marble was cold." 
I love the idea of Joan Rivers looking at a naked picture of you and saying, well, yeah, well, where's your big dick? Like in yeah. her Joan Rivers voice. Yeah. Now can we talk? Right, exactly. But um, she said that he was the one, this particular guy was the one that got her into clothes. That uh, before then she had this thing in her head that being funny right. meant that you didn't have to dress good or it didn't go together or it didn't yeah. add up. And he was like, no, you should look good. You should know about these designers. And he introduced her to designers. And when she said that, I said, so in a way, his spirit is in this show that we're doing now. And yeah. she says, absolutely. And that made me feel good, warm. Whatever. Because if you're going to, you know, if you're going to just make fun of people and call <laughs> people names and stuff, to know that there's a spirit of a dead gay I... guy over you is a nice thing. Let's talk about my joke that was <clears throat> at the end of the show. Which was? Did you feel like that was like really edgy or the severe? Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Did that? Because you're super sensitive. In I that felt regard. like it was on PC. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say it and and own it and defend it and stuff. But <clears throat> but she seemed up for it. It doesn't seem like a very typical Joan Rivers joke or a Tony Tripoli joke. <laughs> Is he? Yes, but. I I was a little like I don't know what's gonna happen with it. So it Did was it a cut? pink. It was a pink Versace Atelier mm. Versace uh, gown on Ava mm. Mendez, who is normally one of our best dressed. And the weird thing was, I thought it, I I liked it, but I didn't say it. Well, it's good that you didn't say it because it was a, it was everybody's worst dress. Yeah, I liked it. And it had mm. all of this fringe, long, long, like two foot long, pieces like spaghetti. Of fringe. Yeah, and when it walked, it was they were swinging in all different directions. It wasn't even like a flapper dress or anything. Like it was yeah. really, when it moved, it just looked sloppy and underwater and uh, I don't know. And so the joke was uh, that dress shakes more than Michael Michael J. Fox sitting on a washing machine. <laughs> and I had like a whole series of them that has more motion than Sofia Vergara on a treadmill, yeah. and yeah. that has more loose ends than Charlie Sheen's alibi. Right. That dress is more confusing than Johnny Depp's acting choices. Like, right. there's a whole bunch of them. And that was, like, the the last one, the big closer. And we went with just that one. And then after we did it, and the audience loved it but groaned, but in the good way. Yeah. And then Joan all of a sudden was like, that's too mean. Was it too mean? Oh, because in the booth, the executives thought, we'll let you say it, but are you sure you want to be that mean to Michael J. Fox? And I'm like, it's not even about Michael J. Fox. It's like... Duh, I think he knows he has Parkinson's. He's aware of how much he shakes, and he does jokes about it. Right. And so it didn't feel that edgy to me. Ultimately, Joan did a couple other jokes leading up to it, which softens the blow a lot. Right. Um, But And she added, (laughs) poor poor Michael J. Fox on a washing machine. Which is so disingenuous, (laughs) the idea that I'm going to say, oh, bless his heart. Like, well, now yeah. I've really, I'm showing that I love him while yeah. I'm making fun of the way he shapes. Yeah, he's but poor. that is the psychology of it. Yeah. So anyway. But, um, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, let me see what else I have on my little post-it. Um, I had dinner with a friend that I haven't seen in a very long time. This guy that we played Mafia with, I told you about him, Dennis, and he made the documentary about the Disney people. Yes. Which we oh, can yes. go and watch. That we have to see. So not we, go and watch. We need to get a copy of it. Right. I don't want to, I'm not going to schlep Dennis. Shit. I think he might not. He said, I want to show it to you, but I don't think he's going to give it up. Do you want me to go to his house and pirate it with my little flip cam? No, while I watch I'm it. I'm not watching that kind of crap. <laughs> you're no, well, you're going to have to wait for Betty to deal with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, anyways, we had this dinner and he was a friend that I met when I first moved out here in 86, 87, 86. And we were in a music uh, theater workshop together. And getting together 24 years later was fascinating because everything I remember about him is still sort of there. And yet all this stuff has happened in between now and then. And um, he has sold some screenplays Mm -hmm. and has a a big house, like a house in the hills and a a BMW convertible. Mm -hmm. And yet nothing's been produced so we're the opposite like i've got had a lot of little dog and pony shows and things like if you go to imdb there's stuff there right but you know uh you see how we live um yeah it was fascinating and you're both movies and more movies but and like more. the opposite the ends. opposite of movies and yes and your movies and he's more and he's more and um he 
he uh, he became really close to Roddy McDowell uh-huh. and took care of him uh-huh. in his final days. Yeah, and may have inherited some money. I don't know. And then um, he was really good friends with Stephen Sondheim. So he's had like these major mentor friendships. Yeah. And I don't think there was anything sexual about them. Sure. Because Dennis, I mean, I wasn't out at the time or I hadn't really put things together, but there was a weirdness around sexuality with him. Like you never felt like you could talk about it or whatever. And it's still kind of like that. It's odd. Fascinating character. Oh, you don't let me near him, Dennis. Really? Well, you know that I'll be really like, what's going on? It was really good to see him, on? but it was so, like this dinner, my head was about to explode. I'm like, and then Roddy McDowell is in there, and, you know, and it was so interesting. I, I there is a biographer that wants to write about Roddy McDowell sure. for Vanity Fair and reach out to Dennis, and Dennis doesn't want to do the interview um, because it's William J. Mann who has written a lot of major biographies, but he's gay and writes about stuff like that. I think, yeah. yeah. So, and I think Dennis was worried that it was going to be, you know, about that kind of stuff. And like, I, it was so, I was like, well, and he was kind of really angry with William Mann. And um, I was like, well, you don't know until you read it. Like, you don't know what it's going to be. It was so interesting. Um, but I was glad to reconnect with him, but such different paths we've taken. My and I guess. said, we're, I said, I'm doing this show at the uh, gay and lesbian center on Monday night. And he was like, where's that? And I oh don't like God. when people don't know where the center is. I know because I, maybe I spend an inordinate amount of time there, but you know, yes, I get that though. Yes. Ricky Martin knows where it is. He knows where it is. I like Ricky Martin because I think there's two kinds of gays when they come out. There's ones that still don't want anything to do with the community. Mm-hmm. And there's ones that are like so relieved and, want to go to the thing and you know what I mean? They're yeah. going to want to be part of that. And I think he's B. Whereas I think somebody like Sean Hayes in that advocate article was Ugh. not that kind. Don't and I like, started. I'm so glad to have welcome Wiki, Ricky into the fall. Are you watching the A-list New York? I've seen parts of it. Oh God, Dennis. Riken is so Riken-y. You, but yeah, <clears throat> he is. And also Riken. And first of all, he has like the greatest boyfriend who he's, you know, kind of horrible to. And yes. I know they can do a lot with editing and they can. Right. And I do. I can see how, you know, Rodney, the boyfriend might be a little clingy and a little needy and a little puppy dog ask for some people. I like those things, but, you know, whatever. And I like the way the, all the tenses of all of his verbs are incorrect. I'm, you know, charmed by that. Um, with so, the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Riken is just frigid and cold and distant, except for when there's any other hot guys around, and then he's super present and flirty with the other guys. So that's the thing that makes me mad about Riken is Riken has nothing to offer the person he's in the relationship with in terms of affection or focus or attention. But then when a new hot guy comes in, now he's fucking razor sharp and he's on it and he can listen and right. he can participate and it's that guy you know right what i mean it, but whatever um but oh yeah it is boy man it is good but there was you know Riken had that posting on his facebook that was um something about a small dick if you know oh uh it was about stop all of you haters and first of all past a certain age you can't call people haters no but all you haters um you know, stop coming for me and my boys. There were just six gay guys. We're not trying to represent all the entire gay community. We're only representing ourselves and it's just a TV show and we're not the whole gay community and the gay community is a broad spectrum and no show with only six people could represent their entire community. And right. Real housewives don't represent all housewives. It's just those six, you know, right. And it's like, well, yes, I, don't think that the house real housewives of Atlanta represent a typical Atlanta housewife, you know, accurately at all. Of right. course it's a heightened reality and it's silly and it's over the top, but I don't, you know, but then also the argument can be made that the housewife community is not in the same kind of battle that yeah. the gay community is currently. So I don't fault any of those guys yeah. for doing it. And everyone wants to fucking be on TV and, you get offered and you just do it and whatever, yeah. but they at least have to acknowledge that they really look like fucking 
douches. Really, yeah, just Horrible. fucking dumb yeah. dumbs. It came up today in spinning class. People were talking about how awful it was, and uh, my friend Glenn finds it oddly compelling, like in a train yes. wrecky sort of way. And oh, absolutely! Like it's good trash. And uh, but he was telling me that Riken's model boyfriend had, is unemployed. Yeah, and decided that I know what I'll do. I'll have a calendar. Yes. That's a full-time job. Well, his boyfriend who's unemployed is a model. Yes. From Brazil, who's yes. worked a lot as a model. Right. And just can't work in the United States. Yes. Until they get some papers, you know, some stuff situated. Okay. So he can't go to some place and get a job, but he could make a product yes. and the product could get Okay, sold. so it's not a, it's not as dumb of an idea as well, it seems. Well, it's I mean it's that kind of thing like, yeah, we'll just shoot a calendar and then I'll be okay. Yeah. And Riken is like, yeah, I've been involved with calendars and it's not And I've got 400 of them in my garage. Well, that's the thing. It's like, look, it's sort of like, well, I'll just write a book. Yeah. And everything will be fine. Well, yeah, you can write a book and get it published. Yeah. But the question is, you know, if it's a gay book, there's not going to be any money. We can make a gay movie. Yeah. But you got to do it for $10,000 and pay your own fucking yeah, there's ticket no money. to every gay film festival. Yeah. yeah like, no don't money. think that it's. So, yeah. There's no money in so anything. So, anyways. Yeah. I have do you a, like anybody on the on the show? Rodney, who is the boyfriend from Brazil. And it's okay. Rodney. It's Rodney. Everyone's got bullshit spelling. R O D I N E Y. Yeah. But he's Brazilian. All right. Um, He's lovely. Mike Ruiz is really barely in it because yeah. he's, I think, a decent human. Yeah. And they don't really have a lot of time for that. Yeah. Um, and then there's just a lot of train wrecks. All right. But good. watch the dish. You'll see the clips. Okay, good. I have a retard update. Oh, pl- oh shit. I got a message, phone message. I want to talk about the devil, too, as your Today, uh, from Deborah, Debbie P, hilarious comedian. Yes. Uh, who has friends in the Chippendale show. And they have verified that the Alex Castillo... That's, you know, that is the guy. They, the people that work in the Chippendale show quest, have asked Alex directly, were you in contact with this gay comic named Tony in LA? And da, 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 da. and he denies the whole thing, doesn't know who I am. Never. So Interesting, a new wrinkle in this catfish saga. They are, they're, the people that work with him are saying, look, either he's just denying it because he feels busted, or it's someone else pretending to Catfishing be him. Catfishing you. And... Really, there's no new information other than then he's but he's been this he's, is an onion. Yeah, it, there's just a, more layers and, and more levels. layers. You got to so, get in the car and go there and, and show up. Yeah, I do know that he said that he was bi and not gay, right which on. I think means I'm gay when I'm trying to have sex with a gay guy and then I'm straight all the other times. I think that's what bi means. Yeah. And so I think his he's straight at the Chippendale show. And would be like, no, I wasn't trying to hook up with some gay guy in L.A. But hmm. so, yeah, so there's that. So, so it is dish, like an onion. I appeared on the dish last week as the devil. And it was hilarious. And they, you've, I loved the writing of it and the performing of it. And Thank the you. makeup was ambitious. It was. It and sure the, was. the little effect. Yeah, I like Well, the joke was you were talking about Jessica Simpson on Project Runway. And Ugh. Danielle didn't want to come out and say she's fat because Danielle's a nice girl. And doesn't like to take sheep, sheep shots like that. So you pop up on her shoulder and you say, "Yeah," and you're like, "Say I'm it, like, say it." It'll you know you want to say good. it. But the <laughs> look weird at th- how fat she is. Make the fat joke, Danielle. Come on. It was a very my take on the devil was that he desperately wants to be in showbiz. He's a little and Paul Lindy, old school <laughs> yeah. vaudeville. Yada, He's a little Rip Taylor. Yeah. yeah. At one point, I literally spun my tail. <laughs> I saw that, that was a that was a dare from Daniel Koenig. Of One course. of the writers goes, do this. Because I kept doing like shaky jazz hands, like yeah. waka waka. <laughs> but because I, I thought that's a version of the devil we've never we've seen. We've never seen that. He's super sh- sh- Really happy. Sticky. And... Yeah. But uh, when I when we saw the pictures from Jessica on Project Runway, I thought, wow, she doesn't look good. But maybe it's not as bad when you yeah. see the show. Whoa. It's worse in motion. It's so bad. Yeah. I don't, and it wasn't the lighting. There was no, nothing or everything. face. It was her. And it the thing is, hers. everyone's like, oh, that dress is horrible. I'm like, well, the dress is actually beautiful on a person that it was made to be on. Now, Michael her Kors face. himself put her in that Michael Kors dress. So it is his fault. But yeah, she just was the wrong hair for it. It was just everything, everything about it was bad, 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 bad. And Mondo was kind of robbed. <sighs> he was so robbed. And then Tim Gunn. 
that old asshole goes and gives this interview this week where he says, well, ultimately we just decided that Gretchen really needed the money and Mondo is going to be successful regardless. So she's the one that really needed the leg up. Okay. Well, that's not what the show is. It's not a charity. It's a fucking contest. It's not extreme and life makeover. Sometimes in life, I can't believe he said that. The, mo- the most deserving person, fucking gets it because you know why? Because they're the most deserving person. And it's sometimes it's not about your personal story of, you know. And by the way, how much more AIDS is he supposed to get? <laughs> like, don't act like this is a he. He could dig up Mr. Phyllis and really I get mean, a, get some of that first first wave. Mondo worked fucking hard for it. As a character, he showed up feeling like a little nerdy outsider that no one liked. Yeah. Then he was lonely and cried and wanted to go home. He gave you fucking then tears fucking, on tape. Yes, and, and he had a great arc planned out over the episodes. Yeah. Then he, midway, once we were really kind of in love with he him med- a little, he admitted his truth and his story, and he made us beg for it, and he wasn't going to tell us what the pattern meant. And Nina said, I really wish I knew. And then he tells Nina, it's HIV positive for 10 years, and I haven't told my parents yet. And then he cried, and I was crying, and everyone cried. And then he, that was the moment where we all knew he had to win, and Gretchen's just over there without a top lip, just being bitchy and cranky yeah. and then fucking tim gunn and they go well mondo's gonna be fine because everyone loves him and wants him to win so let's give it to gretchen i can't believe oh, he admitted that admitted it because the show that the argument that the show made was that gretchen's was more fashion forward or more of the moment or yeah. where fashion is going whatever that bullshit he says is there was a stalemate for hours yeah um that jessica simpson kind of i think if I understand it correctly, Jessica Simpson had to go. And so I think she kind of just left. Wow. Um, although I guess she was there when the final, when they announced you won. So, but he made it seem like she wasn't really involved in the deliberating. And it was Michael Kors and Nina both wanted Gretchen, wanted Gretchen and Tim and Heidi both wanted Mondo. really strongly wanted Mondo and Jessica wanted Mondo, but she was kind of useless. Big shock. Yeah. And so ultimately the decision was well Gretchen needs it more. That's some bullshit. Uh, I'm going to Dancing with the Stars on Monday. Oh, how fun. So um, how's that happening? Uh Kelly Osborne got me tickets. Love it. My uh uncle remember I went to Texas like two months mm-hmm. ago for my uncle's wife's surprise fiftieth and yes. a half birthday party. Right on. Well she's a huge Dancing with the Stars fan. And I was kept saying, you know, now that you've kicked cancer's ass twice you need to come to LA and we'll go, you know, do oh. some LA things. And she was like, I know, you know, I want to go see a taping. And I was like, yeah, it's not, you know, I mean, I've been to a bunch of shows and, and I mentioned that I've been in dancing with the stars and she goes, that's the one that I would want to go to. And I was like, ah, look, if you come to LA, I will see if I can make it happen. Right on. And so I just asked Kelly like a month ago, I just said, I don't, don't want to put you out, but if it's one phone call, would you mind and she was like, it's literally one phone call. And she goes, and I'm not even going to make it. My assistant will make it. But yes. And so. Love yeah, it. So we got these tickets. So, so exciting. She was on. Did you see her on Yes. And she, she looked so cute. And she looked amazing. And she's so. I like her on the show. I liked her on that show. But I like the way she sticks up for young people and stuff. She has a real kindness that I don't think people would expect yeah. from her. That is really sincere. Yeah. No, you could tell it's sort of her. Like Mission. she really defends young people in the entertainment yeah. industry. Yes. And you know, obviously this is a girl who grew up having horrible things said about yeah. her in the press. Yeah. Um She'll go to the map for Miley. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not candy coating it because the cameras are rolling. Like yeah. that. she disagrees with Joan and makes a face and rolls her eyes. Yeah. And Sometimes she's not Joan will say something really shocking. Her job, apparently. <laughs> huh? And Joe and Kelly will just sit there, like sometimes you watch yeah. Kelly's face, and she's not amused at no. some of the stuff. But uh, she's a good sport. Yeah, but, yeah. She better get amused real, real quick. quick. Yeah, that would be my advice. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but I mean, I know I admire it, um, but she's just in the wrong business. So, um, anyways, I don't have much else. That's Greg, all I got. We have um, a friend of ours who is dating a guy named Greg. Who, um, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. And Greg emailed me about two months ago saying he was looking for work and he heard that there was this position at E. Um, and did I know these two executives? And it just so happens that the two executives are the executives of the dish. So I do know them. 
Right on. And he was like, would you mind like passing on my, you know, my resume to them? Because that would help, it, you know, stand out. Right. In Anything the you crowd. can do. To, right. And so I said, sure, I'll go one step further. So I sent them emails talking about all the times Greg and I have worked together and how he's so on the ball and he doesn't miss a trick and everyone loves him and he's easy to work with and smart, smart, smart. And he, I don't fucking know this. I had literally met him once and it was at New Year's Eve, like two or three years ago. But I was like, whatever. Look. One more idiot in the E-building ain't going to make a difference. And probably, he was probably, you know, a, a, not a nightmare, right? All of those so, things. So, you know, whatever. So I write this email and I get I'm emails back. I'm so afraid back. of where this is going. I get emails back from both the executives. Tony, thank you so much. We really appreciate that recommendation. And we'll, we will meet him. And they meet him and they like him. And so then he emails and said, I had a really great meeting with them. Thanks so much. So I email again. And go, you know, since you emailed me oh, back, God. thank you appreciated the recommendation. I just wanted to email you and say that he had a great time meeting oh, you. God. And I really hope that you will find a way to make this work because he'd be such a strong addition. Like, now I'm really pouring it Ooh. on. <laughs> so I don't hear anything. And then a couple weeks later, I get an email. Um, Tony, I got the job. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you writing these emails. And then he so, sent me a lovely thank you card in the mail. Right on. With a little Starbucks card in it, which yeah. is such a thoughtful gesture and totally not necessary. And um, then I get emails from the ex- one of the executives saying, we hired your friend, Greg, and he starts whenever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, isn't that nice? I did a nice thing for another gay oh, that needed so a gay on the inside to help out. I'm afraid of where this out. is going. So last... Friday at the dish taping, um, I'm in full devil costume, oh, horns, fuck. red face. <laughs> I hope you have devil, to have some devil. kind of crazy conversation in your devil suit. And um, our executive um, walks in with this really handsome guy, and and she's like, "Oh, Tony, look at you!" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be in the devil in this episode." And she's like, "Yeah, it's really funny." And look who's here. And I don't know who the guy is. So, and he kind of takes it and I shake hands and I'm like, hey, it's great to see you. And I'm trying to play along, but I'm not figuring what, where I know this person yeah. from. And it's like, yeah, it's great to see you, Tony. Thanks. And this, she's seriously going back and forth, like looking at both of us, like waiting for the magic moment to happen where we're jumping up and down. I haven't seen you yeah. in so long. And I finally go, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, so can't place it. What? Who who are you? <laughs> and oh. he goes, I'm Grrg, and says his whole name. Yeah. You helped me get the job. Thank you so much again. And now Did I the realize. Did executive hear that? Yes. So I've completely blown this whole cover yeah. that my great friend who I've worked with right. a million times. And now I can't fucking pick him out. Oh, well, that wasn't where I thought the story was and going. So and I'm so glad it is going there. It's on me. The executive oh, is. Oh, I was afraid that somehow they didn't like no, it or whatever. The executive is very puzzled and like, wait, wait, how do you. And I go, I'm sorry. I'm just. the pan... I just stepped out of makeup and like, I'm trying to remember my lines. And it's like, you know how when you see someone that you know, but you see them in a place you're not used to seeing them, you get. Conf... I'm sorry. It's too early in the morning and I'm just on working on too many different shows right now. And she goes, oh, that's true. How's Fashion Police? And thank God the executives at E are kind of simple. And so I think it ended up that by the time she walked away, she wasn't lingering like yeah. hmm, there was something fishy. Like yeah. she was talking to a gay guy in a devil suit who said a lot of words very quickly. And I yeah. think. And it was all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. And so she leaves and he stays. And I was like, I am so sorry. I just couldn't. And he was like, no, we've only met once. I'm, you know, I didn't yeah. expect. I was trying to like. Give you some kind of a signal, but How so he ended funny. up staying for the taping and was really, really nice. And Good. I told him what a moron his boss is, so that'll probably come to that'll bite me go. in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the, I mean, look, they're so. I have to say, they're really nice people. Yes, and he is clearly bright and competent, and yeah, gonna make me look good or whatever. Yeah, but good. I was, it was afraid a that really he'd... embarrassing moment. Oh, I was afraid that they didn't like him or whatever. So no, no, that's great. But I will get an email the first time he shows up late. I'm sure. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, <sighs> all right. Well, I don't have shit on Halloween. my post-it. Didn't do much. Cause, uh, well, we worked all day, worked all day. With Joan Rivers. Yes. And, and then, then I went and, and finished up the script. I just had dinner with, uh, 
my friend Scott, and that's it. Came home and went to sleep. I watched uh, Maria Full of Grace all Which is alone so here. good. I had never seen it, and it's so, so, so good. And the night before, Saturday night, all alone here at the house. Just You're just the DVD movie player. club. I've had the same fucking Netflix for three months. I watched Let the Right One In. Yeah. And that's really good. I expected it maybe to be better. It's mm-hmm. also... I don't do well with those really slow internal movies yeah. like that. And I was here and I was writing jokes, so I probably wasn't as focused as if I had been in a movie theater. I think I heard you watching it and I felt like it was dubbed, right? Was it in English? Yes. So it was dubbed, not it subtitled. It was dubbed in English. Yeah. Yeah. Um there's some moments in that movie that are amazing though. The ending. Oh yeah, and the visuals yeah. and totally unique and different. Yeah. Um so now I want to see the American version and it's see... good. It's well done. It's very similar. Yeah. But it's a it's a good movie. But the movie that I'm really dying for. Burlesque. Now, I like the numbers... songs that I hear on yeah. the commercial. How many numbers have you actually watched? Not very many. Because there's like three or four different numbers online. Really? Whole numbers. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see them yet or whatever. And they're fantastic. They really yeah. look like the best moments of Chicago. Yeah. Um, because it's like they're on stage performing yeah. to the camera. Yeah. In a way that is performery, yeah, but that's good. Yeah. It's not like oh, these are real people in a conversation that break into song. It's not. Um, and Christina's great, and you know, share in the trailer really is like, why are you looking in my mirror? Like it's yeah. really, I'm worried. But... And you're in my mirror because yeah, but I know she'll be great. Yeah, but that gay guy that was supposed to set up the screening for me yeah. has fallen off the face of the MF Earth, and wow. I am pissed i'm pretty close to saying his name on the podcast i'm so angry well i uh i'm planning you know i sent out my email my little newsletter opening weekend i'm more arranging a group or whatever yeah. so you're all in that loop well if your i'm gonna be before i'll be in phoenix i come back saturday night when do you so leave wednesday i leave on thanksgiving day but i'm thinking wednesday the night before oh yeah opening that night. i can probably do okay plan on it tell those dishes too yeah uh yeah that's my belated birthday. Speaking of Halloween, I want to talk about my little niece, Matea. Yes. Did what we, did she go did we talk about the Disneyland? I didn't talk about how you she's so jaded and just exasperated a little bit, about everything. And you talked about the fat people. I was mad that she was so frosty to you. And I'm, oh. I'm just upset that my five-year-old niece is just really become an icy little bitch. And, and that's not okay. You, with so you're not going to recommend me. her for a job at E? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I will. <laughs> yeah. She um, takes dictation. She's sharp, sharp, sharp. Oh, she's got her yeah. finger on the pulse way more than a lot of these people. But um, no, but she, like, you know, we, her favorite ride is the Haunted Mansion. And when we came out of it, and it was, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, and we were like, that was so neat. Did you like it being you know, with the new different stuff? And she was like, it was way better before. And I was like, don't you fucking, at five years old, don't start with the shaking your head and this attitude, like yeah. everything. And at one point I was like, let's get a cotton candy. And she goes, I guess. And I was like, you know, don't put yourself out to help me with that fucking cotton candy. Yeah. Like, so that's where she's at, right? Well, Halloween, she figured a new system this year that why should I walk? Why am I going to fucking schlep from house to house asking for candy? When we've got this giant ass bowl of candy right here, I'll just eat this. And so she decided that she would be, she was going to stay home all night and give the candy away. And some people, she would just say, no, no, you get no candy to a child. <laughs> She's five years old. And she would say to like a She's seven playing year old God. Kid, she was drunk with power. Yeah. And she would go no. And then give one candy Ruth to the person, like a baby Ruth or a Snickers to the person next to them. And Natalie was like, okay, now give this one. And she was like, no. And my sister was like, Matei, you have to give this little boy a candy. And she would go, no. And it was really like she was only going to give away her candies to people that just struck a chord with yeah. her. It's not like people she knew. Just some emotional resonance. And my sister was like, that's a really big bowl of candy. You need to be giving them two or three little candies. And she was like, no, only one. I'm keeping the rest. Like, this little bitch has got them all so fucking bamboozled so yeah so i just think that it's kind of hilarious that she's figured it out like why am i gonna go walking up and yeah. down the street no nope. dressed like a crazy person in some shoes that probably aren't comfortable when i can just stand here and eat kit kat yeah 
and maybe crush some kid's dream and 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 pretend i'm a bouncer at oh, like the viper God. room she's so velvet rope already <laughs> um all righty so i guess that's our that's uh, podcast right on all right thank you so much for listening hey check in with our sponsors there's dr kiss the world's greatest lip balm that is available at vanitymark.com and you know what people it is an amazing little gift for the holidays. And there's I new think, packaging coming. I Very cute new packaging. It's under $15. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, so I think it's a great little gift for people around the office. Or you're, you know, oh, I take this spin class and I want to get something small for the teacher to say thanks, good year. Like, you know. That's right. Male or female, everyone loves a Dr. Kiss. And the other perfect stocking stuffer is the book Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas yes. about all the Christmas movies that you could enjoy written by our friend Alonzo Giraldi. He's so brilliant. Check you it out where fine books insight. are sold. And right. we have a Facebook page for The Comedy Couch. Like us or be our friend, whatever. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, send us an email at thecomedycouch at gmail.com. That's thecomedycouch at gmail.com. You can always find us on Facebook. Uh, that's ten- that's Tony Tripoli or Dennis Hensley. And you can go to dennishensley.com right or tonytripoli.com. And don't forget my show, Tony Tripoli, I Shit My Pants. It will be great. At the Casita del Campo uh, Mexican Restaurant, at the Cavern Club Theater, November 19th, 20th, and 21st. All shows, $15. All shows at 8 p.m. Very easy to remember. All righty. We love you for listening. And we'll I'm going to get a live by next time. I promise. All righty. Bye. Jeez, I'm boring. Bye.